entire series on the scripture out of Proverbs, the fourth chapter, the 23rd verse. The New Century Version says this. It says, be careful what you think, because your thoughts run your life. I'm going to say that again. Be careful what you think, because your thoughts run your life. I'm going to try that one more time to make sure everybody heard me. Be careful what you think, because your thoughts run your life. Let me, let me ask a quick question, a couple of quick questions this morning. And I, let, me, let me start with this. What do you really believe about God? What do you really believe about? Let me, uh, you know, if you were raised like me, um, and again, I, when I say these things, I'm not trying to speak disparagingly about my upbringing. I'm just, I'm just saying this is where I was raised. This is how I was raised. But I was raised thinking that God was, was tolerating me. He was actually a little mad at me, a little, you know, uh, in modern terminology, he was PO'd. Come on. What does that mean? Well, it just means he was, he was aggravated. He's mad. He would just, you know, I, he was putting up with me because of Jesus. I'll say, you, you ain't with me right now. But let me ask you this. What do you really believe about God? Is, is he mad at you? Is, is he looking for a way to send you to hell? What do you believe about him? I mean, do you really believe that God wants you to be healed and healthy? Do you really believe that God wants you living and walking in peace and joy? Do you really believe God wants you to be prosperous? You see, I'm not asking you what you want. Now, this, this gets a little tight. It's, it's all right, because we're going to get on your bench a little bit, but that's all right. We'll get right back off, too. But I'm not talking about what you want other people to think you think. I see you, you, I lost you there. I'm not talking about what you want other people to think you believe. I'm asking what do you really believe about God? I mean, sometimes we, we, we stumble with that idea because there's a whole lot of people in society that they really don't think anything about God. I mean, we're living in a day and an age, and I know that's, that's, a, that's an older terminology, an older phrase, but we're living in a culture where the idea of what God thinks is somewhat foreign to what we conceptualize on a day-to-day basis. The issue is, though, this. What we really believe gives us an expectancy of that thing or that belief coming to pass. Whatever you really believe gives a place or a space or an expectancy for that thing to come past. And, and let me tell you this, that expectancy, that place that you create with your real belief is the place that God can work in your life. Or, vice versa, the enemy as well. It's a little quiet this morning and I... I hope that you're with me because what I'm, what I'm saying is if we say we believe one way publicly but really believe another privately, there's going to be a problem, amen? There's going to be an issue. There's, there's going to be a battle. And, and the belief, listen, the belief we feed the most is the belief that is going to gain the most power in our lives to affect a change, whether good or bad. Whatever you believe the most and feed the most is the belief that is going to gain the most power in your life to effect a change, whether good or bad. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but, but I, I grew up believing some very incorrect assumptions about my good, good father. I grew up believing some real inadequate uh, uh, things and ideas about what he said and what he wanted and what he desired or how he loved me. The issue was that belief gave a place for the enemy... Oh, excuse me, I don't know if I still have you. It gave a place for the enemy to work in my life as well as God. See, I, last week we started into this whole series about thinking differently and we, we told you that right living begins with right believing. Or right thinking. And we talked a little bit about the strongholds in our lives. And today, we want to continue in that line. 
Because if we're going to think differently, we need to admit, number one, there is a battle for our mind. How many of you realize that the greatest place of battle is in your mind? Now, if you're, if you're familiar with the Scripture, the Bible says in John, the 10th chapter, the 10th verse, the thief cometh only but to kill, steal, and destroy. And again, if you're, if you're not familiar with that, you can look it up later. But it says, and Jesus went on, and He says, but I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly. But watch this. The enemy's plan to kill, steal, and destroy is taking place right between... Are you, are you listening to me? Because listen to me, 90% of our attacks in this life are not really physical attacks. They are mental attacks that we allow to move into our physical nature. Be careful what you think. Oh, see, you just thought I forgot that scripture. No, I didn't forget it. Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. See, what I, what I want you to understand is, when we started last week, and I told you this, this simple little fact, and I hope you didn't forget this from last week, but let me, let me reiterate it because I think it's important. The way that we see our world, the way that we see our world creates a way of thinking, and that way of deter- that thinking determines how we respond to life, how we respond to others, and ultimately how we respond to God Himself. The way you see your world. If you see your world that everybody hates you and, and, and you need to go eat worms and go home and take your bat and ball home or whatever, you know, if that's the way that you see your life, then what you do is you respond accordingly. See, I know y'all, y'all, y'all brilliant. Y'all are brilliant. And, and, and I know I'm just preaching, I'm preaching to the choir here because you've already all mastered this. But see, I, I have to talk to some folk because I still get Facebook stuff. I still have people that call me that want to counsel. I still listen to folks' issues and uh, their, their problems. And I still hear the fact that many people are looking through some glasses that may not reflect the truth of what's happening around their life. I told you last week, if you, if you are a man that deals with insecurity, you're going to view everything through those glasses. Insecurely. Come on, if you, if you have to deal with insecurity, let's, let's just try it. Are you ready, ready? Because I, I just want to get right into it. I just want to get, I want to get into your seat. I want to get all up in your business and eat your tater salad today. Listen, if you are a guy or a woman, let's go both sides, alright? If you are a person that deals with insecurity, what happens is you are going to begin to see everything through those glasses of insecurity. You're going to look across the sanctuary. Somebody's going to be talking about something. Has nothing to do with you, but the minute your eyes connected, the minute you begin to see each other, they stop talking and immediately you're mind starts clicking. What were they saying? Oh, I bet you it was about me. Oh, I knew that they didn't like me. Oh, well, I hate them too. I hate the horse they drove in on. I hate their car. I hate their cat. I hate everything about them. Because Yeah, you, you don't like me? Fine, I'll like you back. And so now, they come by you. Oh, come on, see, I, didn't got, I ain't got no help in this house. They come by you and say, how are you doing? You go, Fine. Now we have enmity. Now we have a battle going on. Why? Not because of anything in reality, but because you saw... You ever been around somebody that was hurt? And everything was seen through their pain? See, nobody want to help me in this house. That's alright, I'll just keep preaching to myself. Listen, I have, I have been there myself. How many of you have ever been physically hurt? I remember my wife and I were talking about it this morning, uh, several years ago, a couple of years ago, I guess it was. I, I, I was, was doing something at the house and I, I was trying to do something and I fell and I broke my elbow in three, three places, two places. I don't know what it was, but anyway, I broke it. I broke my elbow. I came in to the house, I sat down on the bed and my wife said, are you okay? I broke my stinking elbow, woman. And you're asking me, is everything okay? What I was looking at was everything was looking through the pain of my elbow. 
I had my beautiful little granddaughter with me that day. She ran in ahead of me to tell Gigi. She said, Gigi, Poppy fall down and go, ooh. <laughs> and, and I had my beautiful little granddaughter there. It should have been just a great day of hanging with the baby girl. Come on. And you know what? I didn't care she was there. I was seeing through my hurt. Come on, anybody? I remember seven years ago, I had a kidney stone. Anybody in the house know what I'm talking about? Listen, that's when you all want to be up. You know, you got a kidney stone attack. That's when you all want to go out and party, right? Come on, let's go party. Yeah, right? Let's go hang. Let's go do something. Come on. No. You see everything. How many of you have ever had an upset stomach? Come on, i got to get some of you just today. Listen, that's when you want to go eat chips and salsa, right? No, because you're seeing through... Listen, the way that we see our world determines the way that we're receiving. And then what happens is ultimately it's the way that we see and we respond to God Himself. So there's a battle. Everybody say there's a battle. There's a battle for our minds. And one of the greatest areas we fight in our minds is in the area of strongholds. Now, last week we gave you this definition, but I want to go back and I want to reiterate it so that you can hear it. Because I know it's kind of an archaic or not a modern term. So the word stronghold means a fortified pattern of thinking that is stubbornly resistant to change. Now, for it to be fortified means that it has to have been worked on. Everybody say worked on. Listen, some of you don't, you, see, you, you tell us that you don't know how to meditate on the Word of God, but you know how to worry. No, you know how to meditate, you're just using the wrong information to think about. Right. If you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. Right. That's right. The issue is what you're meditating on or what you're worrying about. Because right. the whole word meditate or the whole word worry means to just turn it over in your head. Some of you ever been there? How many of you have ever got stuck on a subject? Man, I've been there. Trying to go to sleep some night. And all of a sudden, it just start rolling. Start rolling. Start rolling. And see, I told you last week that I come from a long line of warriors. In fact, I've told you that sometimes I believe that my mother was a professional. If she could have made money, we would have been rich. She was a professional warrior. But the issue was the way of thinking in a stronghold is something that has been reinforced. It's been patched up. It's been, it's been strengthened and it's strong. Everybody say strong. And what happens is we begin to see everything through this fortified, strong pattern of thinking. Now, that doesn't mean we can't change. Everybody say that we can change. How do you know that, Pastor? Because the Bible says it this way. In 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verse 3 through 5, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty, watch this now, through God to the pulling down of fortified patterns of thinking. Oh, you missed that word. No, I'm just explaining it. They are good, they are strong to the pulling down of those fortified patterns of thinking. What do we do? Well, Paul goes on, he says, this is how we have to fight this thing. We have to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Everybody say, the knowledge of God. God. Try it one more time. Say, the knowledge of God. God. And bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now listen, I can... I could spend quite a bit of time here, but I can't spend a whole lot of time. But I want you just to notice one thing that we saw just today. was talking and saw this very simple fact. And maybe I'll come back and preach this at a later point. But how many of you see that it's not to my obedience? You didn't catch that. It says, and bring everything and bring every thought, every one of those imaginations into captivity. Every thought to whose obedience? You know why he's not telling me to bring it into my ability to obey? Because my ability to obey is just about as good as yours. Sometimes I'm hot, sometimes I... See, you don't want to talk with me. You don't want to to preach with me. You don't want to help me today. Come on, turn to the person next to you and say, Sometimes you are really on it. 
Say, what are you going to say next? I'm just going to let that one lie. Everybody say, mic drop. Listen, what we've got to understand is this obedience that we're talking about is the obedience of Jesus Christ, what He did. Listen, I, I, I can't stay there. I can't stay there. But this is why we have to focus on Jesus and begin to think differently. But, but, but I, want you to, I want you to go today. I'll come back to that another time. But I want you to go today to that statement against the knowledge of God. To bring everything into uh, captivity. To cast it down. Why? Because it rises up against the knowledge of God. Everybody say the knowledge of God. See, this is where the enemy is fighting us in our minds. Where? In the knowledge of God. See, when the enemy, let's, let's use it this way, because I know some of you are on, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure so I understand. Well, let me, let me try to explain some of this. Watch this. When we have a right way of thinking that says God is good, He's merciful, He loves us, I can trust Him. He wants me blessed, He loves me. Then when the enemy comes in, like Isaiah says, like a flood... We can get behind those fortified walls of right thinking. And doesn't matter what the devil's doing on the outside. On the inside, we're safe. The issue, the challenge, the problem is when we have created a wall or a fortified place of wrong thinking about the knowledge of God is when He comes in that everything that happens to us in life, everybody say life, everything that happens to us in life, we interpret through that pattern. Listen to me. Let me let me be nice. But let me let me hurry along here, but let me be nice. Listen. Life has good and bad. Life has blessings and it has some issues. Listen, when Jesus came and you got saved, he, you accepted Him into your, your heart and your life. It did not say that He changed your circumstances. It says He changed your spirit, your soul, your, your, your inner man, your inner person, that inside one. Then He said, I want you to begin to work on your mind. Wouldn't it have been awesome if when God said, your mind, that our minds would have changed? We wouldn't have the battle, would we? We wouldn't have the battle. But we didn't get that. We have a mind. Turn to somebody and say, I have a mind I need to work on. See, the problem is, is if we have wrong thinking, wrong knowledge about God, what happens is those fortified patterns of thinking don't bless us, they imprison us. How many of you know that it's, it's, it's one thing to fight a battle against something that's coming against you? It's another thing when you have the battle that's inside of you. Oh, see, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. See, it's, it's one thing. See, we were designed to ward off the attack of the enemy as it comes against us. The problem is, is we really struggle when it comes from within us. This is why we have to think differently. This is why Paul tells believers in Colossians, the third chapter, the tenth verse. He says, put on the new man, watch this, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. See, I'm, I'm trying to help somebody. I know, I'm, I'm just teaching today. Maybe I'll get hot and preach some other day, but listen, I'm just teaching today. I'm already hot, so that's... I'm heat hot, okay? I wasn't trying to be... I was, I was messing around last week and somebody said, Boy, you are sure trying to look in your life over. I said, Well, that's a good thing. We're starting a new trend. As a pastor, I sleep with my wife. Huh? Some of you got some of you people act like you don't even like the one you got. You ought to start praying in the Holy Ghost. You ought to start praying in the Holy Ghost every day because you got them. You don't want to chose them. 
You ought to start praying in the Holy Ghost and say, Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, help me to look at them and go, mm-mm-mm. Well, that's just nasty. No, it ain't. This is really not in my notes. But if you don't like the one you got, then you need to start thinking differently. Well, I'm going to get me a new one. Ain't nobody want your sorry tale. You ought to go ahead and just change your mind about the one you got. And say, in the name of Jesus, she is a babe. He is a hunk. He is my stallion. She is my queen. There's nothing bad about her. She is altogether lovely to me. I'm doing a marriage seminar right now in the name of Jesus. Come on. Let's get back to it. Because I'm going to get right back. I'm not even going to try to make a clean break and say, well, let's go. No, I'm just going to back right out of that and go back to the message. Here's what Satan's goal is. You ready for this? Satan's goal is to keep us in darkness. By keeping us deceived about what God is really like and what He really thinks about us. So what he does, he starts with a foundation of lies about how God sees us. And on that foundation, brick by brick and lie by lie, he starts building a stronghold in our life. He uses false, wrong philosophies and and useless interpretations of the Scripture. He uses distorted perceptions about how God sees us or feels about us when we ever stumble. And what happens is those thought patterns start rising like walls higher and higher. And soon, in our minds, we have a pattern and a full house imprisoning us. We don't see that we have a good, good father. That's who you are. That's who you are. And I'm loved by you. That's what I am. Come on, we... we this is what the enemy wants to do. He wants to distort our knowledge about God. See, the whole, the enemy's whole strategy is to distort our knowledge of God so that what we believe is inadequate and maybe even totally incorrect. Why, Pastor? Because if we don't have a right view of what God is and has done and how He loves us, we're not going to want to approach Him boldly and say, God, I love you. I'm sorry for anything I've got in my past. I just want you to be in me. Come on. I mean, how many of you have ever tried to go to God? Don't raise your hand because everybody thinks you're perfect in this house right now. But, but let's, let's, just, let's do it this way. How many of you, without raising your hand, how many of you would acknowledge that there's been times that you wanted to go to God, but you thought, surely He is fed up with all of my inconsistency by now? He's not going to want to hear my prayers. He's not going to open up his windows of heaven. He is sick of all the mess I've made in my life. That was me. And for years, I would, I would pray prayers, but not really get down to roots. I'll say you didn't hear me. I'd pray surface prayers, but never get down to roots because I felt like if he ever got down to roots, he wouldn't like what he actually saw. A pastor, don't you know he sees all things? I know that theologically. But when it came to me, see, I could preach to you. But for me to believe it about me? Come on, he expects better from me. He expects higher from me. Therefore, when I fail, I fail, and I am more than the chiefest of sinners. I know none of you ever say this. No, the problem is, is if I've done it, I know you've done it too. And the enemy is trying to keep us in the darkness, thinking that God is still mad at us. But the key to bringing down these strongholds is we need to know God personally. And the real way He sees us and loves us. Oh, Pastor, are you sure? Yes. Watch the famous scripture in John, the third chapter. For God so loved, not hated, not detested, not we're just simply putting up with Him. He so loved the world, even when they were rejecting Him. 
that he gave. Listen to me, that's his, that's his personality right there. He's a giver. His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Watch the 17th verse again. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn us. Help me, Father. But that the world through Him might be what? Listen, that's His love. He doesn't want any to perish. See, this is how we have to begin to think differently. We have to deconstruct the false ideas about how God sees us, and we've got to begin to see His love. You say, Pastor, what are you trying to get to? I'm trying to help somebody to listen more. We need a higher concept of our God. We need a better opinion. We need to rediscover His majesty and His love. We need to begin to think again about His extravagant passion towards us and His heart of overwhelming grace and mercy. Wednesday night we were in the class and the statement was made that somebody said, I was in in, in a time of of prayer and, and I was just praying to God and I said, God, I want to see you in my heart. And she said, she stopped and the Holy Spirit spoke back to her and said, No, I want you to see you in my heart. You didn't get that. See, I'm always about trying to see that God is in my heart. And God is trying to get me to turn around and say, Listen, I love you so much that there is a special place in my heart. See, Paul said it this way in Philippians, the third chapter. He said, All the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life. Compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand, everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant dog dung. He should have put Sila, pause, and calmly think about that. Dumped it all in the trash so that I can embrace Christ and be embraced by Him. I don't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I, couldn't, when I can get that robust kind that comes from just trusting Christ. God's righteousness. He said, I gave up all that inferior stuff so that I could know Christ personally. Listen, that's the kind of knowledge that will cause the strongholds, those false perceptions and thoughts to come tumbling down in our lives. Because listen to me, somebody, I'm, I'm talking to somebody, I'm trying to, in fact, I, I feel by the Spirit, I'm trying to help somebody right now. You are not going to live a positive life with a negative mind. You're not going to live a blessed life. Oh, see, you don't, want, you don't want to go here. See, I want the blessings of God, but if I'm always, if I'm always over there saying God doesn't love me enough to bless me, how am I going to have the blessings? Well, preacher, you need to know that hell is real. We're talking about hell's not real. See, we always want to go back to that fact that, that, well, God hates sin. Of course He does. That's why He sent Jesus. Listen, you know what our problem is? Too many times, and listen, I'm going to admit this for me. I know some of you are all that. See, some of you, I don't know why God put me into pastoring, because I know some of you all are so much higher than I am theologically and understanding-wise and emotionally and physically, all those things. And I've got, you know, it's like, there they go, and I must go after them. You know, I must go because I am their leader. No, you know, listen, I will admit, my mind has had more sin consciousness than is love consciousness. Turn to somebody and say, God loves you. Come on, turn back to say, I don't, have a, I don't have a clue why, but He loves you. We can't live positive lives with negative minds. 
So let me give you some, some, some practicalities. You ready for this? Some simple practicalities that I want us to begin to, to, to use to deconstruct those, those patterns, those negative patterns of thinking in our mind. You, you ready for this? Because how many of you want to have a changed life? See, I don't want you just to come to church and shout and then go out there and turn the light switch off and be out there, not what you are in here. Or be in here, not what you are out there. I want you to shine. From the minute you come in this house to the minute you come in next week, I want you to keep the light switch turned on. Have a turn to somebody and say, it's time for you to flip the switch. Come on, tell them, you need to flip the switch. Come on, tell them, say, you need to think differently. So how are we going to do this, Pastor? Well, we have a tendency to wrap up a lot of our walk with Jesus. We call it a faith walk, Right? So I want to use the word faith. I want to use the word faith as an acronym. And I want to show you in practical way how we can begin to deconstruct those negative patterns of thinking. F means focus on the positive. A, affirm yourself. I, imagine God doing something good in your situation. T, trust God in all things. And H, Hope for the best. Now, we're going to leave that up there for a little bit because I want, to, I want to talk through those just a little bit. Faith is focusing on the positive, affirming yourself, imagining God doing something good, trusting Him, and then hoping for the best. Now, let's break this down real quick. Ready? Focus on the positive. Everybody say focus on the positive. Listen, I'm not trying to get new age on you. I'm not trying to get, you know, this, this mental psychology on you. But listen, in any given day, you're going to have good and bad that's going to happen. Right? Oh, help me, Jesus. How many of you know in any given day, you're going to have some things that are going to turn out right and some things that are going to turn out wrong? You're going to have some rain and you could have some sunshine. If you live in Indiana, you could have all four seasons in one day. Any given day. Right? Listen, we're we, we talking about spring and summer already, but who knows? We could have a big ice storm in the next two days. We live in Indiana. So on any given day, you've got your share of burdens and you've got your share of blessings. But the process and the ability to think differently happens when we focus on the positive in our lives and not continually focused on the negative of our life. You ready for this? And you are the thinker of your thoughts. Ain't nobody that's coming along and forcing you to think a certain way. Yes, your wife, like old Flip, some of you won't remember this, but Flip Wilson, the devil maybe do it. Uh-uh. He will introduce a thought, but you're the thinker of your thoughts. So if you're having a problem with your thinking, well, it's my ex-husband. No, it ain't. It's that wife. No, it ain't. It's my boss. No, it's not. It's my child. No, it's not. It's the preacher. No, it's not. Don't throw me under the bus. I am the thinker of my... Listen to me. In any given day, I can have people call me. My wife will attest to this. Please forgive me, but I am burning up. I have already had my coat on long enough, and I think my shirt has changed colors. Sufficiently. Listen, and any given day, I can have at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning a phone call. Right? And it can be a phone call that, that really, you know, I, I can't do anything about. But I remember not too long ago I had a phone call and somebody called me way up in the morning. I always love it when people call me at like, like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning and say, Pastor, did I wake you? No, no, I, I don't sleep. I go into a osmosic type of stage of, of, of physical shutdown to where I'm not sleeping, but I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to impart into me wisdom and knowledge and all kinds of... Whatever, I sleep. I, go, you know, I don't want to lie to them. It's like... Of course I was sleeping, you. But I say, what can I do for you? 
had somebody that told me, called me, you know, well, Pastor, you know, there's, there's, there's a problem. There's a problem. There's a problem. There's a problem. Thirty minutes later, there's still a problem. I told him, I said, listen, that's really not an issue. You, you, you're just going to have to move past that. You're going to have to move past what you're thinking and feeling right now. You're going to, because you can't change that other person. You're going to have to begin to change you. And what happened was, after a few minutes, hung the phone up. It's about 4.30 in the morning. I closed my eyes. All of a sudden, all these thoughts start rolling through my mind. And I hate it when I can't stop thinking. Right? And all of a sudden, I started thinking, because I thought, well, if that person... No, I'm, I'm just telling you the life of a pastor now. I, I, I'm, I sit there, I'm laying down on the bed, and, and my wife is snoring over here, and I'm trying to get my mind... And I'm trying to think, okay, if I just... If I just, I just, just empty out nirvana. And it comes back. And so I sit there and I begin to think, well, if this person gets upset with this person, then that's going to cause a rift in this. And then, then that family's going to get upset. But then that family, because they, they got a lot invested in that, and that family's going to get tight. And they're, oh, if they get tight, then this go, oh, baby, you wait till that hits the fan. Now we're going to have it. See it. And then all of a sudden, I was already in the church of split. Jesus has come and we're all in hell. <laughs> you need to get saved. No, I need to think differently. I know y'all don't do this. But the problem is, is many times if we're going to have faith, we're going to have to start focusing on the positive of our life instead of the negative because you're always going to have some negative, but you're going to have to choose what you are going to focus on. Everybody say, focus on the positive. See, that's not saying there's no negative, but you've got to focus on the positive. Then you've got to what? Affirm yourself. What am I talking about? Now, I know that sounds new age mentality, but, but let me ask you a question. What do you say to you? What do you say to you? Because you've got, we've got to stop underestimating the power of our internal dialogue and how it affects us personally in our faith and our abilities. Let me ask you, do you constantly talk about how many times you've failed? Or do you constantly turn those, those failures over and over in your mind? Or do you talk about the Word of God and how He loves you? See, talking about problems and failures does not build your faith or your hope in God. But the Word being spoken through us is what can change us from the inside out. And I know, listen, I know this is a hard one. Because many of us are still seeing ourselves as the us of the past... And not the us God is creating. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. I've got to hurry here, but let me give you an example. I remember when we first came into this building, it was, I know a lot of people say, it's so brown. Yes, it is. It's brown on the outside, brown on the inside. Bring some color in your beautiful appearance, okay? But when when we first came into this building, it was ugly. It was ugly. Everybody say ugly. In fact, say it this way, ugly. All right, it was dirty, it was nasty. As I had people, when, when I first came in here, I've told you a story and I'm not going to go back to the whole story, but I had folks that told me I was losing my mind. I had people that would come up to me and tell me, say, listen, I love your church, but you're making a huge mistake taking that building. I even had one pastor in town that got very upset with me. He since has moved on. Told, and went around spreading rumors that I had, I had uh, uh, you know, stole the building from him. I'm still the building from you. You were standing right there when we were bidding on it. You didn't open your mouth. All right? And that, that's a root of bitterness, wasn't it? Right there. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Mess with me up. That jack slap you in it tomorrow. No, I just, just found it come up. Just a cleansing, cleansing, cleansing Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. <laughs> I told you you better pray for your preacher. Listen, so... But there were times that I, in order for me to get through the process of, of remodeling this building and, and doing this, I had to affirm myself. Because if I didn't, I would become discouraged. 
And I had to be, I had to affirm myself and not get caught up in what just existed right now. I had to begin to affirm myself and see myself somewhere in the future, not just messed up in the present or all jacked up from the past. I had to believe that God was at work in it. Listen, it took some time and there were some setbacks. There were times instead of looking like I was moving from victory to victory, it looked like I was moving from defeat down to worse. Ain't none of you know what I'm talking about, but, but we had to continue to affirm our belief in God and what He had spoken to us. And, and listen, there have been times even since then. How many of you have ever had a season where your finances weren't flowing like crazy? We've had seasons in this house. We've had seasons where, I mean, just the blessing of God was just so wonderful. We, we would get the checkbook and go, Jesus. Then there's other times I get the checkbook and go, Jesus. Hmm. But what do you do? God, I know you love me. I know you called this house. I know you put the vision and the burden into my heart for this. And therefore, if this is your will, it's your bill. If this is your way, then I'm just going to say it's a great day. And I'm going to move on with you, Jesus, because you got me. I got you. We in this together. We are covenant together. Remember that? We are covenant together. Yeah, you remember that. Don't you forget that. And we are covenant. And I love you. You love me. And I'm affirming. Listen, there are times you're going to have to start talking to yourself. You're going to have all kinds of haters. You better start loving on yourself a little bit. We don't have to focus on the positive from ourselves. Let me, let, me, let me get to this next one. Imagine God doing something good. Listen, if, we ought to thank God for the power of imagination. Because this is what gives us a place to paint pictures in our mind of the good that God has promised. And I know there's going to be people right now. You, you, in your mind you're going, oh, Pastor, you can't live in imaginary land. I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is if you can't even imagine God doing something good in your life, you're not going to give Him any place to start doing something good in your life. Listen, the person that has no hope is a sad individual. Watch this in Romans 8 chapter. Let me, let me move very quickly to this. Romans 8, 28 says, We know all things. Everybody say all things. Come on, say it again. All things. Work together for good to them that, are, that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Mark eleven twenty four says, Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you receive, and it will be yours. Imagine God doing something good. Focus on the positive. Now, I'm going to ask you again. Go, go back to that one so we can just see it again. Focus on the positive. Affirm yourself. Imagine God doing something good. And then, trust Him. Everybody say, trust God. You say, Pastor, I, I know all about this. Well, let me, let me ask you this way. How many of you have ever taken a flight, an airplane flight, where you, you're on the ground, when you, when you got on the airplane, it was cloudy and overcast? Anybody ever? Anybody ever done that? But the moment you broke through the clouds, come on, the moment you broke through the clouds, you saw that the sun was shining. Now listen, uh, just a real quick, just a little update. A little, I just want to drop a rebel on you right here. Ready? The sun was shining. Whether you were above or... Sun was shining. You just couldn't see it. And it wasn't until you got to another place, another position, that you could see... See, oh, help me. I, I, need, I need some help in this house. See, when we're on the ground, all we see is clouds. But the truth is, the sun's there. God's good. Listen, Jesus didn't fall off the throne. Sometimes we get this, this, this ridiculous thought that my problems just cast him off the throne. That God's not victorious anymore and I'm just not going to make it. Turn to somebody and say, Jesus is still on the throne. Listen, just because you don't see, just because you don't understand, just because you don't comprehend, doesn't mean that God's not doing and working and is. You need to think differently. 
You need to trust Him. Proverbs 3 says it this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Let me give you this last one, and I'm going to bring this to a close very quickly. You focus on the positive. Now listen, I'm giving you some practicalities. I'm not trying to preach you happy. I'm trying to preach you victorious. Because I don't need you happy today and, 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 and wallowing around in the, the gutters tomorrow. Are you in this house? I don't need you to be all pumped up this afternoon saying, wasn't that a great service? Boy, Pastor preached. He sweated and spit and everything. I don't need that today. What I need is tomorrow you to have that light switch on and say, you know, I got faith in God. Regardless of what I see, I'm going to think different. So focus on the positive. Affirm yourself. Imagine God doing something good. Trust Him. And then, let me end with this one. And that's hope. Everybody say hope. Several months ago, we gave you an understanding of what hope was. Because hope is the belief that things can change. <laughs> let, me, let me try it this way. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me set up a scenario and see if you can, you can catch this. If I told everyone in the house this morning, you ready? Yes. Good, good. All right, all right. If I told everyone in the house this morning... That tomorrow, between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., I was going to place in 10 different locations $1,000 a piece. This is going to be like a little scavenger hunt. Now, I'm going to give you clues as where to go. And out from that day, you're going to have the ability to go find $10,000. Whoop, whoop. Come on. How many of you would do whatever you needed to do to be ready to go search tomorrow. There's three of you. The rest of you got too much money. How come you ain't tithing better then? I set you up for that one. You should. You fell real hard. Listen, how many of you would do whatever you had to do to go find that 10000 tomorrow, right? You would gas the car up today. Come on. You'd lay out your clothes for tomorrow. You'd go through the, the, the hassle of getting a babysitter. You wouldn't take no for an answer. I can't do it. I don't care. I got stuff I got to do tomorrow between 6 and 6. I got 10 stops I got to make. You're going to watch this kid. You would do, listen, you would do whatever you needed to do. Why? Because your expectancy was changed. In fact, some of you would maybe even go to bed early. You would turn the news off. If they just told about somebody bombing another place in, 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 the, in the Middle East, you'd go, I, I don't need to have that mess tonight, okay? I have an expectancy. Oh, come on, so you ain't, you ain't, you ain't catching me. Listen, so what you would do... You, if you believed me, your expectancy would be pretty awesome tonight and you would have no problems tomorrow morning bouncing out of bed saying, come on, where's the coffee? Let's go. Let me ask you this. You ready? What if we lived life with a hope in Jesus. Boy, it's quiet. Well, Pastor. Don't well pastor me. I'm asking what if we really lives what if we lived our lives really believing that God loved us? What if we lived believing that He really wanted to bless us? What if we lived our lives believing that He had treasures planned and planted for us? Would, would you approach life and each day a little differently? Would you get up tomorrow morning? I hate Mondays. I hate that place I have to go today. 
Or would you get up saying, what does he have? Planted and planned. Oh, preacher, that's pie in the sky. No, no, no. That's hope. You know what hope is the foundation of? Faith. That's how I focus on the positive. That's how I affirm myself. That's how I imagine God doing something good. That's how I can trust Him. Why? Because I know He loves me. Listen to me. You say, Pastor, I'm I'm not sure if I could do that. Let me do it this way. Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, says it this way. I know what I'm doing. This is God speaking. Are you listening? I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. I quoted the scripture at the very beginning, but let me let me read it to you. John ten ten, where Jesus said, "I came so that my sheep will have life, so that they will have everything they need." Listen, I, I, I promise they're playing, so that means we're closing. But I want to propose something different. I've got two minutes. Ready? I want to propose something different for this week. I want to propose something different. So, so put your put your phone down. Put your put your paper down for just a second, and and, and listen to me very closely because I, I I I'm absolutely wanting you to hear this. I want to propose. That through the power of grace, through the power of faith, we start pulling down the strongholds of wrong thinking. I I want us to see, I want to propose that this week, you do whatever you have to do to start seeing the fact that Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong. We are weak. But He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Come on, say it with me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Come on, say it with me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Come on, stand with me in this house. Last week I closed with the scripture. And I want to use it again because in order for us to think differently, we're going to have to try some things. But in Isaiah it says this. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because we trust him. Listen, I, I know you didn't run the aisle. That's, that's good because sometimes you don't need to run the aisle. You need to, you need to sit right there, tie your tail down and say, I need to think differently. Here's what I want us to do. This is our goal this week. Ready? We're going to start deconstructing those strongholds. How? Through faith and grace. But we're building this thing, right? Last week I said our, our first goal, our second goal, but this is our this is our this is our this is our second second week. So here is our first goal again. Keep your mind. Stayed. Focused. Planted. Because let me guarantee you, are you you listening to me, Pastor? Let me guarantee you, there will be opportunities for you to wander. 
you'll maybe have people, you'll maybe have situations, you may get a bill, you may get a phone call. And it's going to give you the opportunity to take a trip. An all-expense trip. All-expense. No, it ain't paid because you're going to have to pay heavily. But it's an all-expense trip. All on you. Keep your mind stayed on Jesus. Just before I, I close this, this out, I'm going to have Pastor Pat and Pastor Gina to go to the, the door, and they're going to greet you this morning. I'm going, to, I'm going to pray you out of this place. I know Pastor usually does, but I'm going to pray you out of this place because we're going to have the gardening group meeting right after this. But here's what I want you to do. I want you just to close your eyes. See, I'm done. Close your eyes. And I want you to focus for just a moment on the fact not that Jesus is in your heart, but that you are in His. He loves us. Oh, how He loves us. Oh, how He loves us. Oh, how He loves us. Come on, just a moment. You say, Pastor, what's that? Because I believe the Holy Spirit's ministering something right now to someone. He loves us. He loves me. Jesus loves me. This I know. I have a place in his heart. I want you to see yourself there for just a moment. He loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Now, with your own words, I want you to say this. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Say this. I receive today, right now, this moment, your love. Say this. I reject the idea that you're done with me. That you're tired of me. And I accept that Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Father, in the name of Jesus, we receive today the grace and the mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Ghost. I just, I just feel like I want to stay for just a little bit. And Father, for someone to soak in that knowledge. Jesus loves me. Therefore, I can face <laughs> every attack of the enemy. It ain't nothing. Because Jesus loves me. Every, every person that rises up against me, it ain't nothing because Jesus loves me. Every bill I have to encounter this week, it, it ain't nothing because Jesus loves me. Every person that's a hater and tries to speak against me, it ain't nothing. Jesus loves me. Thank you.
Thank you, Father. In the mighty, matchless name of Jesus. Before you leave this house, would you just turn to somebody?